We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America podcast presented by Twisted Tea. I'm Bill Trochi, senior editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, our national college football writer at SportingNews.com. You can follow Bill on Twitter at BillBender92, and you can follow me at Bill Trochi. And keep an eye on the main Sporting News account at Sporting News. If you enjoy this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and submit a brief review. That would be very helpful for us. Uh, Brian Driscoll, who was here last week, is under the weather. I think he's listed as day-to-day, Bill. Uh, he's got a little touch of the flu. Hopefully, we will have him back next week. We had a really fun show last week, uh, but it's you and I flying solo tonight. ESPN has released the top 25 for a week. Uh, their second uh, set of rankings now that we are into November. I will go down the list in case you have missed it. Uh, we'll start with uh, 25, Kansas State, 24, North Carolina, 23, Tulane, 22, Iowa, and 21, Arizona. Arizona, Iowa, and North Carolina are new to the poll this week. Uh, 20 is Notre Dame, 19, LSU, 18, Utah, 17, Oklahoma, 16, Kansas. Oklahoma suffers a drop after losing in Bedlam. Uh, 15, speaking of Bedlam, is Oklahoma State. 14 is Missouri. 13, Tennessee, 12, Oregon State, and 11 is Louisville. So Louisville has uh, – they're creeping up, and they've only got one loss, and they're potentially headed for the ACC championship game where they would play Florida State. They pull an upset there. Who knows if there's chaos elsewhere. Number 10, Penn State. Number 9, Ole Miss. Number 8, Alabama. Number 7, Texas. And number 6, Oregon. And then we get into the – Five undefeated teams, no changes. Five Washington, four Florida State, three Michigan, two Georgia, one Ohio State. So that is the top 25. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And Bill, give me uh, your reaction. You talked a little bit about Alabama, ten, Texas, whether there was going to be a debate, whether there might be a flip after this week's results. There was not. Uh, what did you think? Is that the right decision by the committee? Yeah, but that's coming. That debate's coming. And you saw Greg McElroy and Kirk Herbstreet talk about that on the ranking show where, as Kirk Herbstreet said it pretty plainly, if at the end of the road, Alabama's 12-1 and one and Texas is 12-1, and one, they will have Texas – ahead of Alabama. Me, not so sure about that because it's the <laughs> SEC and it's beating Alabama would have gone through Tennessee, Ole Miss, LSU, and Georgia. All ranked right now with Tennessee where they're at. Uh, the lowest ranked team of those four is LSU at 19. And Tennessee is 13. Brian Driscoll, wherever is if he's laying in bed, he's scoffing at the fact that they are five spots ahead of Utah, but, uh, and then, you know, of course, old and, and, and if they do that sec champs, don't forget yeah, that. They're not leaving them out. SEC, <laughs> like that's my response is like, how do they leave the sec champion out? And there is a scenario that if the Ohio state, Michigan winner wins out and Washington and Florida state went out and Texas wins out that you could leave the sec out of the cold. So, I'm not so sure, though. I mean, just just by track record. But, I mean, that is the SEC left out most easy scenario to picture. And we're at the stage, as you know, Bill, that with three regular season weeks left and one conference championship left, some of these top – the top 11 or, the, you know, the Power 5 teams with one loss or less have to start rooting for other things to happen a little bit, even if, if you're not unbeaten. I think even in some cases, if you're unbeating. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, they set the stage a little bit. They, like you said, they were talking about a lot. Uh, McElroy was upset with the the Oregon ranking, given their resume is weak. It's surprisingly weak for having a deep Pac-12, but their schedule is very backloaded. All their hard games are kind of at the end of the season, except for Washington. I think he pointed out they only have a win over one team with a winning record so far. And yet they are ahead of Texas and Alabama. Uh, and so that was eye test with Oregon because they've looked great. They have the number one scoring offense in the country. They went up to Washington. They lost by three points at the end of the game. They've they've looked good since. I would, I would probably favor them in a rematch on a neutral field against Washington so that their eye test is good. Uh, but when they decided who was going to be number one, 
they didn't go by eye test necessarily. It's Ohio State with the resume. And then, you know, Georgia and Michigan probably have looked better eye test wise. So there is some inconsistency to kind of worry about with this committee when it comes down to what we think is going to be some serious chaos on that final Sunday. Yeah. And that's, he's making a good point there. The more you think about it, it looks like right now, Oregon makes sense at eight and one. But if we get down to that last weekend, and so let's say Oregon beats Washington in the Pac-12 championship and Alabama beats Georgia and that, and then Texas wins the big 12 and those three spots are up. And then the big 10 champ gets in and Florida state gets in. Those are two that I'm pretty comfortable with. So you would have to take two of three at that point. Oregon, Texas, Alabama. I can also tell you what's going to happen there. Oregon will get left out. They'll find a way to leave Oregon out. They'll say Texas has the Alabama win and Alabama just beat Georgia. And then the Pac-12 champion for all of this talk and incredible play. And it's a catch-22. And I know you and I go back and forth on the 12-team playoff all the time. We're going to do that again in a little bit. But this is the best case for that because the Pac-12s had the best most entertaining football this season, I would say, in terms of ranked games each week. And they could potentially be left out as usual. Uh, and I think that's why there's a little bit – and you could see that in coming weeks, that Oregon might get nitpicked a little more. I mean, the USC win doesn't mean quite as much if they beat the Trojans this weekend. Right. I mean, but the, the league is just loaded with great quarterbacks. And, you know, you can – say what you want about, you know, the big 10, the big 10 is obviously just so top heavy, um, but they have an opportunity. They still might even get two teams in with, even with all these one loss teams, the chaos scenario that I scratched out here that I wanted us to talk about is, I mean, right now we still, like they said on the show, all f- five power conferences have legit, legit playoff contenders. If someone's going to be left out, but beyond that, there's a real possibility we could have the undefeated Big Ten champ and then the undefeated ACC like Florida State, right? And then six one-loss teams when all is said and done battling for two spots. If we say Big Ten champs Michigan, let's say, I think they'll be favored against Ohio State. I think they're going to win on Saturday. So if it's Michigan and Florida State getting two spots as undefeated teams, we're talking and and Alabama beats Georgia, which that's going to be a toss-up game. We could have Georgia, Alabama, Texas, Oregon, Washington, and Ohio State battling for two spots, all with one loss. Wow. How crazy could that be? Six for two. You could also lump in like what happens if Louisville beats Florida State. Right. Then it gets even weirder because – Then there's eight one-loss teams. That they would have (laughs) eight one loss teams with one Big Ten champ. I I think it's safe to assume. Well, and then there's also the case that what if Penn State beats Michigan and Michigan beats Ohio State? Then you have 10 one loss teams. I mean, that's entirely possible um, because I think it's entirely possible that Penn State beats Michigan this weekend. And so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to play out in the regular season, a lot, a lot of one car pileups as we want to call it. And there's that one loss debate that you're talking about with Oregon, Texas, Alabama, even Ole Miss to some extent, even though they lost the head to head to Alabama. I mean, that's, that was probably the intriguing part of this reveal. I, I wasn't surprised by the top five. I mean, we can talk a little bit about Georgia. Should they have been number one? But I think that's coming. I think they're inching closer to that. If they go out and 
clobber Ole Miss, they'll probably be ranked number one next week. Yeah, their resume needs a little beef to it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Michigan's needs a lot of beef to it. They're finally going to get a taste this weekend. Uh, Georgia's going to get another another little piece. You know, Ole Miss is – they kind of showed us who they are a little bit against Alabama. They lost by two touchdowns there. Uh, you know, they have have a history of – you know, <laughs> I did some research. Lane Kiffin's record against – Lane Kiffin's record against teams – that eventually finished with nine wins. It's not power, good. Power five teams that finished with nine wins or more. He is one in 19 entering this season. <laughs> so now he has got a loss to Alabama that makes it one in 20. He's got a win against LSU. They're six and three. They'll probably get to nine with the ball. I don't know. Probably. They get their favorite probably in their last three games. So that improves it to two and 21. So not are not terrific or two and 20. So now he's got another chance to get, get that number to, to three this weekend. But, you know, history says uh, Kiffin is not going to pull the upset against a, you know, a really good team, a, a really good power five team. Um, so I don't know what's going with that, but it's like, no, I mean, you're, it's, it's, it's chance for a signature win, just like it's a chance for James Franklin. I mean, we talked about that earlier in the week that, yeah, I mean, Ole Miss loses, it's easy to discard them. Ole Miss wins, suddenly they could go 11-1 and one and be sitting at home on SEC Championship weekend with a 1-1 one one record against Alabama and Georgia, the likely teams to be there, which makes them the 2020 version of Texas A&M. Probably left out, but at 11-1, and one, that's not bad. Um, some of the commenters are saying, you know, if Michigan loses to Penn State, that that uh, solves the Big Ten's problem. Might be a column about that tomorrow at Sporting News, by the way. Um, the uh, I think you're right, uh, David Penny, that it would be the easy excuse to leave Michigan out if they lose to Ohio State because based on that Big Ten tiebreaker, uh, they would probably be left out anyway. Uh, and it would be a lot like 2016 where they lost a very good game against Ohio State, but they were left out of the playoff, even though some of us felt like they were better than Washington, which ended up winning the Pac-12, which, by the way, that exact scenario could happen again. So, um, yeah, I, I would agree with that line of thinking, because, but Ohio State's different. If Ohio State loses, they still have the Notre Dame win. They still have the Penn State win. They, they would be 11-1, and one, and we watched that last year. It's funny, whoever wins the Big Ten East, <laughs> the resume almost takes a knock with whoever comes out of the Big Ten West. Uh, they get another kind of one-sided victory, even though they will be. They will be a conference champion, and the committee values that a little bit. So that is obviously important. Uh, and, boy, if it comes down to that tie break, I just – I don't see it. I, you, you seem to think more highly of Penn State than I do this weekend. Maybe the distractions are going to get to Michigan – Maybe uh, maybe Harbaugh doesn't coach. Maybe that affects things. Who knows? You know, it is on the road. But Penn State, I just can't get that Ohio State performance out of my mind. The the third down performance, it was just abysmal. They had 170 yards until that last kind of garbage desperation, garbage time drive at the end of the game. Uh, six points and 170 yards for four quarters and like one third down conversion or no third down conversion. I can't remember, but it was just like – it was, you know, they didn't look like a team that's going to put a scare into Michigan to me. 
They uh, they're at home though, and it's early. And Drew Aller, I mean, I think they're going to play a little looser. I mean, just my vibe off the James Franklin press conference. I mean, people get preconceived notions about him pretty quickly, myself included. But he was pretty loose in his press conference. He was pretty complimentary of Michigan. He deflected questions about the the sign stealing stuff. You know, he worded it like there was one question where it was like, "Did he take a shot there?" And I think it would require, kind of a little bit. <laughs> it was like it was pretty veiled, though. Not like, much, yeah. Super veiled if he did. And he played uh, it. He played it well, and he's got to be thrilled that the spotlight's not on him this week, like it always is. Like this is your record against Michigan. It's like it, all the attention's on Michigan. He's just, I'm going to sit back. I'm not going to make any mistakes. I'm going to tell everybody how good Michigan is, and I'm going to go into this game a little bit under the radar which is good for him unless they lose by 28 points because then that will be right back on him. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be a game. I think it's going to be a lot like the Notre Dame-Ohio State game was. I think it's going to be a lot like the Ohio State-Michigan game was where it's probably one score, uh, turnovers, and if they get off to a fast start, it can happen. But, you know, if Michigan holds serve and wins, it's going to set up, you know, we're recording this obviously before what we both believe something's going to happen tomorrow. If you just read the reports and kind of the, there's a big tens expected to come out with something with this Jim Harbaugh, Michigan mess and Michigan may respond. So tomorrow is going to be an interesting day, but I think I, the, as far as the committee and the playoff rankings go, it doesn't have anything to do with that. They uh, they've made that clear by putting Michigan in the same spot the last two weeks. Yeah, it's clear. Yeah. They don't want to talk anything about it. They just want to stay inside the lines. They said, on the show tonight and it's clear something is going to happen. And there is a, you make a good point that no matter what happens, there's distractions this week with Michigan and it's hard to stay focused. And it's too bad from a Michigan player perspective that they've been basically waiting for this two game season to start since September. And it's finally here. And now no one's even talking about the game. It's their first real game. And Everyone's talking about Connor Stallions and, and, and the investigation and everything like that. Now, we're recording this Tuesday night. We don't know what's going to happen. But even if nothing happens or, you know, there's just going to be a lot of non-football talk for the next five days. And, it, you know, if a suspension does come down, then Michigan's going to fight it. It's not going to be a, a night, nice, tidy package. Michigan has not... Uh, in any way indicated that they're going to take this lying down, whatever comes down. So it's going to drag out. And, you know, if it is a two game suspension football wise, maybe you do accept it. And maybe you do try to focus on the, the Penn state game, but um, you know, I don't want to get too, too much into it because right. whatever we're talking about right now is going to be outdated <laughs> probably by right. the morning. So um, we'll kind of leave it at that, but um, yeah, it's going to, you know, it's going to overshadow the game. That's safe to say, no matter what happens. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? 
Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. So you made a good point with Louisville and and Florida State. And Brian was talking about this a little bit last week. Like the ACC has been disrespected a little bit. And that's a conference that, you know, I, I think I went through the, the numbers with him uh, last week off air. But the ACC this year, their non-conference wins, they have 10 Power 5 non-conference wins, including LSU, Notre Dame twice, Texas A&M, Indiana, South Carolina, Minnesota, Northwestern, Vanderbilt, and Purdue. Some one, two, three, four Big Ten schools in there. SEC only has five. So 10 to five in SEC, they have Kansas State, Virginia, Georgia Tech, Cal, and Arizona. And Arizona one looks pretty good right now. But other than that, you know, Kansas State, I guess, looks pretty good too. But it's it's funny how the ACC can do that non-conference, but I think if Florida State loses to Louisville, they're going to be the first ones out, even though the conference has been very strong this year. Do you agree? Yes. yes. The conference pecking order to me is Big Ten champion right now, Big Ten East champion, SEC champion, Pac-12 champion, what, what it should be, but it might not be, then Big 12, then ACC. In terms of who but has had a good season, the Big 12 has not had a great season. I know, but that's just what I'm like. So I think right now, if you look at the non-con between Texas and Florida State, if Texas and Florida State played, it'd be a heck of a game. Yes. I mean, because Florida State's good. You saw them when you went down there and saw them play Syracuse. And Texas is, I mean, they survived last week, but that's a game teams Texas passed lose. I, you know, they're two and one in one score games. They they had a 
blip against Oklahoma at the worst time. Otherwise, they'd be unbeaten with an Alabama victory in their back pocket. So, yeah, I think that would be, and in terms of, but they could be eliminated very quickly. I mean, they got to play TCU this week. That might not sound like much, but TCU will get up for them. That's their season at TCU. Um, they're probably going to play Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game. That's not going to be easy because Oklahoma State is about as hot as any team in the country. Louisville, Florida State, yeah, it's easiest to discard. And despite, I think the ACC will have the most full teams out of the Power Five conferences. I also think the ACC has the most just average teams. Like you can't, as much as I love Mac Brown and North Carolina, can't claim them. They're ranked now. They've lost two games because of a bad defense. So, I mean. They do, but they would win the Big Ten West by three games. No? Probably, yes. They, they beat Minnesota. Fair. Completely fair. I mean, they, they handled Minnesota. So, it's tough to get over that perception, though, right? Because, you know, at the end of the day, Iowa's probably going to play at, in Indy, which is like its own hilarious miracle. But. That Iowa defense feature that we talked about, maybe back on. So just get start getting. Yeah, they're they're really good at defense. They're really bad at offense, and it's uh, quite amazing. And and uh, as our commenters are saying, yeah, Louisville's they're not tricky good. They're good. Period. They they run the ball well. They've got two running backs. They had a backup running back come in for George Jordan last week. And he ran for like 150 yards and three touchdowns. Jeff Brom, excellent coach. Jeff Brom could win the Big Ten West because he did it last year. And uh, <laughs> and now he could get into the ACC championship. I mean, over a two-year stretch, we were kind of like, you and I were bouncing off some coach of the year candidates. Probably should be talking about him a little bit. Yeah, no, I agree. Texas, you talk about like, they win the Big 12 and they do this. They've got that Alabama win in their back pocket. That that trumps almost anything in terms of if it came down to Texas and Florida State or it came down whatever. Like no one's topping that for a non-conference win, you know, on the road especially. So they they they're always going to have that. But you said Texas, Florida State if they played it would be a great game. Which brings me to the 12 team playoff. How great would it be to have a 12 team playoff, Bill? Oh, we're going to get to this for 20 minutes again. No, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's an inside joke for our listeners, as I'm opposed to 12 team playoffs. <laughs> but um, let's take let's, a look. Let, let, let's look at it. Let's go through it to be fair. For the I'm heck of it. All right. So, yep. based on these rankings, uh, the 12 team bracket, the seeds would be, it's a little bit different because the top four seeds have to be conference champs. We're going to leave Ohio State at number one because they're number one. So they're going to be the Big Ten champ. Then it goes Georgia, Florida State, Washington. They all got a first-round bye. And then Michigan is the five seed, even though they're ranked third. They would be a five seed, and they get to host. And then the, the, the rest of the seeds go right down the rankings. Oregon, Texas, Alabama, Ole Miss, Penn State, Louisville, and Tulane. So the first-round matchups would be Tulane at the big house. Uh, and the winner gets Washington. And that would be a neutral site game. So you could get your Washington-Michigan matchup right there. We would have Louisville, team we're talking about, at Oregon against the number one scoring team in the country. That would be a really fun first-round matchup out in Eugene. Winner would get Florida State to be a rematch of the first-ever college football playoff game, right? Florida State-Oregon. Yes, I was there. Uh, first the Rose, year, the Rose Bowl. The first, first Rose Bowl, and 
Jameis Winston fumbled. That's what I remember most. Everybody made a meme out of that fumble in that game. But yeah, that would be a fun, fun little rematch for those two. Yeah, Penn State would be at Texas. So we could have another situation where Penn State trying to prove itself with this awesome defense and kind of shaky offense against an elite team. Winner would get Georgia. And then we would have a rematch, which I'm not a fan of. You're very much not a fan. It would be number nine, Ole Miss, at number eight, Alabama. Uh, Alabama won that first one, 24 to 10. You know Lane Kiffin would be talking some more smack, though. It would be a fun week leading up to it anyway. And then the winner, of course, would get Ohio State. And so we could have an Alabama-Ohio State in a quarterfinal, which would be pretty amazing. So Yeah, yeah, you know, that's the flaw to me. That's probably like my biggest hang-up with the 12-teamer, among other things, is the rematches. Because you hear me talk about the regular season all the time. It doesn't – maybe until we see one, because it just reminds me of the uh, – well, my NFL team, Green Bay, is not going to the playoffs anytime soon this year. But when you play the lot, it was a couple years ago, Green Bay played the Minnesota in week 17 for the division. And then they played them the next week in the wild card and they won. So I was like, the division literally didn't mean anything. Yeah, that's was, not, that's, that's not, that's, that's not going to happen in this. Well, I hope not, but yeah. that's a little bit of a flaw in the Death Star in some ways. And, and, uh, but those four matchups, you, you paint it out there and then it's available at sportingnews.com. You can read Bill's take. He does a nice job with this every week is uh, the Penn state, Texas game. I'm like, yes, uh, I'm in on that. That would right. be fun to watch Texas, Penn state. The Penn Tulane, state has gone to Austin one time in their history. That's it. One time. Two, two, that's crazy. Tulane, Michigan, not so much. Ole Miss, Alabama, not so much. And then Louisville, Oregon, just because of the way Louisville's playing, that'd be a fun matchup. I, I, you know, the way they run the ball, but I think I wouldn't. But the quarterfinals yeah, would be fun too, though. The quarterfinals, I mean, don't forget, you get a whole yeah. another round before you even get to the what we have right. now, four teams. So, yeah. And I think if that one loss pileup that you suggested could happen happened, happens this year, which could, it, it will support this even more. But, um, and that's why we got to play these next couple games. I, I do think is, I won't say it was a vanilla ranking show, but it was much expected. You saw a lot of people joking about, hey, well, they could have just emailed that. I'll have to text Jim Grove and see if he was a big fan of flying out there to do the same 10. Um, they were able to do it without Ward Manual. Yes. Like, they only had 12 people debating instead of 13. It won't, the top 10 certainly won't look like this next week. Not with Georgia. Ole Miss, not with Michigan, Penn State, not with, uh, I mean, even Oregon, USC. I don't know if I can call an upset for the second week in a row there, but I think the Trojans will come out and play a little better. And you and I will review all those picks in our uh, college football uh, CFB Nation prediction show. I yes. forget what I called. We'll do that later yeah. this week. Coming up. All right. So my Trochi trivia for the show. All right. I, I didn't introduce it before, but you and I talked about it a little bit. I've done the research now, so now it's an official Trochi trivia question. Okay, we'll go through mm -hmm. it, see how you do, and then uh, we can uh, let everybody go here. It's been a fun show. So uh, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight. There are ten Power Five teams that have currently exceeded their win total from their mm -hmm. preseason over/under total from BetMGM. Okay, there's 10. You and I talked about Northwestern, Colorado, and Missouri last week. So there's seven more schools that have already exceeded their win total. 
We'll see how many of the seven you can get. And I'll kind of walk you through some, some conferences, some hints if you need them. But so how many of the seven power five power five Louisville already exceeded Louisville's over under was eight and they are eight and one. I was very surprised. I would have can said, I, Louisville. let me at least pull up like ESPN standing. So get I the standings. The, get the standings I, out. I got to have that before I start firing off guesses. Sure. Um, let me look at the ace. I'll go down each conference. So I'm starting with the ACC and the overall under win totals. Boston College has cleared theirs now. Nope. Five, they were six. Five and a half, I think. Or six There's, and a half. Or whatever it was. They're a half a win away. They're still half a win away. Yeah. Uh, and, no, NC State would have been higher than six. Any ACC teams? No. Okay. Well, that makes that easy. Big 12. Let's go West Virginia. Surprisingly, no. Actually, I never saw them. Hmm. They should be, right? Uh, Right. You would think they would be by now. Uh, Iowa State? No. They were probably five and a half. There is a Big 12 team that I have down that you have not mentioned. Kansas. Yes, Kansas, there's another one. There's two, Kansas and Oklahoma State. Correct. Okay, Big Ten. How many? Oklahoma State with six and a half. Yeah, that that seems right. How many Big Ten teams? One. And not Northwestern. We already said them. Correct. Uh, Rutgers. Rutgers was four point five. They've already got six. So yeah, they've cleared it. As Pac-12, how many other than Colorado? Two. Okay. Arizona. Yes, their over/under was five. Mm, this other one's tough. Stanford. Yep, <laughs> two point five. They were at two point five. They were at two point five. So now you got an SEC, and actually, I did miss an ACC one. Sorry, Georgia Tech. Yeah, I figured they were probably around there too. Well, their over SEC? under was four. How many SEC teams? No, there's one SEC team that is over. They're over under. Besides Auburn. Missouri, we already counted Missouri last week. Auburn. No. Wow. Is it no? There's no. It can't be. Vandy wasn't one and a half. Um, Mississippi State. Nope. Go ahead. I, I got good trivia question, eh? Yeah, this is good. That this is the Ole best. Miss. Really? They, Seven they, and a half. Okay. They're eight and one. Oh, there you go. So yeah. I, well, I didn't do too bad once I got to see the standings. Ole Miss was um they were not expected to be eight and one, I'll tell you that. So oh, very good. Anyway, so that was it. That was fun. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for our live show. Sorry. Hopefully Brian is back next week for all the Irish breakdown fans here with us. And uh we will also be back after next Tuesday. And like Bill said, it's going to be shake up in the top 10. So we've got to tune into that one. That's going to be a fun show next week. Thank you to everyone for listening to the CFB Nation All-America podcast presented by Twisted Tea. Uh, check out all of Brian's podcasts at Irish Breakdown and uh, his writing at irishbreakdown.com. We will be back later in the week to preview uh, week 11's games and possibly discuss a little Michigan when more news develops. 
So enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy the rest of your day whenever you're listening to this. And uh, we will see you soon.